Good morning, I am Fina Ritter, the Children's Ministry Director, and I am very happy to be able to be speaking to you this morning. We have been doing a series, it is the Be Fruitful series, and this series is where we look at the fruit of the Spirit. And Pastor Mark has already taken us through love and joy in the last two weeks. And you can actually still see those sermons if you want to look at our Facebook page, West Meadows Baptist Church Facebook page, or on our website. Perhaps you want to share it with a friend. This Sunday, I am going to be speaking to you about peace. And you can have peace. Pastor Mark's okay. <laughs> He's not sick or anything. He's actually taking a couple of weeks of planned vacation break. He's enjoying some time doing renovations and just spending some good quality time with his family and enjoying some, some of the summer weather as well. And we miss him, but we're really glad that he can have a break, have a little bit of time away. So as we talk about peace, I do want to quickly remind you that just like love and joy. This is not something that we gain through having self-determination or self-discipline. This is something that comes from God. This is a miracle of God. God working through us, God working in us. What this is, is this is achieved by pressing deeper into a relationship with Christ. And so, before I begin, I would just like to do exactly that. Let's press deeper into a relationship with Christ with a prayer. Heavenly Father, I do thank you so very much for your gifts. I thank you so very much for the miracles that you bestow to us. I thank you for love. I thank you for joy. And I thank you for peace. And I thank you, God, that through you we can have a peace even in times when it just isn't natural to be at peace. But through you, we have a supernatural ability to have peace and to have calmness because you give that to us, Lord. You give that to us through your presence and through your protection and through your provision. And I pray all these things upon all of us this morning as we learn from you and your word, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So I would like to just start off by telling you a little story about when I was a young girl. Now, when I was a young girl, my aunt was getting married and she asked me if I would be able to sing a solo at her wedding. And of course, I thought that would be a great idea, but certainly when you're going to perform at somebody's wedding, you want to practice. And the song that she had asked me to sing was a song entitled Peace. And so Peace came from the Music Machine soundtrack. Maybe some of you have actually listened to that song. And because I was performing it, I needed to know the words. I needed to know the lyrics. And what struck me, and I'm still reminded of, because I still remember the words to that song, was just exactly how much the songwriter seemed to understand the concept of peace and was able to describe what peace really was. The songwriter talked about peace as holding Jesus' hand. The songwriter said that we can have peace because God gives it to us and because God gives us peace when we are in relationship with him, we can actually sleep with a smile on our face. <laughs> 
And we're smiling because we have a deep well of confidence that God is who he says he is and that God will do what he says he will do. That is the definition of peace that we are going to work from today. A deep well of confidence that God is who he says he is and that God will do what he says he will do. So these days, there's a lot of people that are experiencing the pandemic panic, right? As the COVID case numbers rise, fears seem to be rising too. And I think one of the reasons that viral outbreaks are so scary is that you can't see the enemy. Germs, bacteria, viruses, they're all microscopic, so you don't see them coming. And if only it was that infected people or surfaces that had COVID were green and glowing, well then we'd know what to avoid and we'd know what not to touch. But viruses and bacteria are not able to be seen by the naked eye. And they're not the only thing in fact, the Bible tells us that there's this entire unseen realm all around us. And this morning, I'd like to share a story with you from the Old Testament. So this story is found in 2 Kings chapter 6. And I'd encourage you to turn and, and hear about that with me in your Bibles. So this story from the Kings is kind of a war story. There's a lot of war stories in that book. The kingdom of Israel is at war with the kingdom of Aram or Syria. But the king of Israel seems to be able to predict every single one of Syria's moves before they make it. And everywhere that the Syrian army goes, the army of Israel seems to be one step ahead. The king of Syria was absolutely mystified by this. He was convinced that there must be a spy amongst them. There was a double agent. There was a traitor. I mean, some of these plans that he was making for the army, he was making in the privacy of his bedroom. And yet, Israel always knew what he was going to do. It was perplexing for him. What was really happening, there was no spy, there was no traitor, there was no double agent, but God was actually giving insider information to a prophet named Elisha. This divine knowledge, divine vision, and Elisha was passing that knowledge on to the king of Israel. The king of Syria, figured out that Elisha was the secret weapon. And then he needed to kind of extinguish the secret weapon. So he sent an army to find and capture Elisha. Now, Elisha had a servant. And in the morning, the servant got up and saw that they were surrounded by an enemy. And he called out to Elisha. He said, what shall we do? And Elisha calmly replied, and you'll see this in 2 Kings 6.16, don't be afraid. We have more forces on our side 
than they have on theirs. And the servant thought that maybe Elisha had lost it because by his count, he's like, okay, let me see. There's me and there's Elisha and that's all versus all of them. I'm not sure what you're seeing, Elisha, but I think we're outnumbered. But Elisha prayed, 2 Kings 6, 17. Oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. Elisha had a peace. He had a peace that his servant did not have because he could see something that his servant could not see. Elisha saw that the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire and that God's angels had been sent to protect them. Elisha could be at peace in the face of danger because he knew that God was near. He knew that God was giving his protection. Elisha had peace. He had a deep well of confidence that God is who he says he is and that God will do what he says he will do. So when Elisha prayed that prayer, oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. He didn't pray that the situation would change. No, he only wanted his servant to see the reality of the situation that they were in. So often, we're like this servant, and we let worry just keep us from seeing a situation as it really is. We don't focus on the fact that God is big, God is powerful, God is greater than every situation, and God is fully in control. God answered Elisha's prayer. Elisha's servant suddenly saw the mountain covered with an army of angels, horses, chariots of fire. The servant was able to see a reality that he could not see before. He saw that there really were more for them than there were against them. It turned out that the odds were in favor for Team Elisha and not so much for the Iranian army. So as you're thinking about this story, I want you to consider who do you relate to in this story? Are you like the servant who's crying out, what shall we do? Or are you more like Elisha, who has peace in his situation because he knows God's presence, God's protection, and God's providence? One of my favorite songs is sung by Michael W. Smith, and its title is Surrounded. And I love the lyrics. The lyrics say, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. Elisha knew that no matter how many enemies he was up against, he could fight his battle with confidence. He could fight his battle with peace. God's army is always greater. Even when we don't see the magnitude of God's power, maybe we don't see the capacity of strength in our lives, we have the unfair advantage because we have him. 
God is always present. Through thick and thin, he is with us. When we feel like we're fighting a losing battle, surrounded by situations or thoughts or feelings that are getting us down, don't forget that a much greater army is surrounding you and can and will defend you. We have peace because of God's presence. When Elisha's servant's eyes were open, he suddenly realized that the God of angels' armies was on their side. God, the almighty creator of the cosmos, was with them. He was present, and he is present with you too. The Bible tells us in Psalm 139, verses 7 and 8, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. And Jesus promised us in Matthew 28, 20, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We don't always recognize his presence. And when we don't recognize that he's present with us, that really disrupts our peace. I would like to share with you another story from the Bible. This is from Matthew chapter 8, and I'd love for you to turn with me to Matthew 8. We're going to read verses 23 to 27. This is the story of Jesus calming the storm. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him. Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Clearly, the disciples who were in this boat with Jesus did not recognize his presence or what having him in their boat actually meant. Are, are we any better? Do we remember what it says in 1 John 4.4? That reminds us, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Now, just because Jesus was in their boat, I mean, this doesn't exempt them from the storm. Just because you're a Christian, it doesn't guarantee that you'll be problem-free. In fact, we know that it's quite the opposite. Psalm 34 verse 19 says, The righteous face many troubles, but the Lord rescues them from each and every one. Hmm. How are you sleeping during the storms of your life? Are you tossing and turning? Is there something that's aggravating and, and painful and depleting that makes it so that you can't catch a wink? 
My husband, who's normally a pretty laid-back, happy-go-lucky sort of guy, he'll lose sleep when it comes to mishaps with our vehicles. For him, the greatest disturbance of peace is when our vehicles are not working like they should be. Do you have something that steals your sleep? Do you have something that causes you to be restless? Is Jesus in your boat? He most certainly is, if you have invited him to be. Jesus in your boat, that's a figurative way of saying that Jesus is in your life. Can you say, Jesus is in my boat? I'd love to see the comments. Comment, Jesus is in my boat. If you're a watch party, Jesus is in our boat. If he's in your boat, you have accepted him as the one who saves you. He's in your heart and he'll direct your steps and he's ready to assist you at every turn. Jesus knows when a storm is brewing. Just like God told Elisha, okay, this is what the enemy's next move is going to be before they even made it. Jesus knows what's around the corner way before you do. We think so often, oh, who could have predicted that we'd be in this place with this COVID-19? Well, Jesus knew all along Jesus is in the boat with us through this storm and every other storm. Every other storm. Jesus encourages us to have peace because he will see us through our storms. Jesus is the one with all authority and he's in your boat. Many of these disciples were fishermen, and for those of them who weren't, I mean, certainly a storm at sea wasn't um, an odd thing for them. They knew that storms at sea needed to be taken seriously. And these were men who showed their human tendencies. And when we're in storms, we often show our human tendencies. And one of the biggest human tendencies is fear. And they accused Jesus of not caring if they were to drown. They demonstrated zero trust. Not only in his authority, but they demonstrated that they felt that he didn't even have a concern about their livelihood. When you're in a storm, do you question whether Jesus cares for you? We need to be confident in God's promises. Confidence is what allows us to sleep peacefully with a smile during a storm. The confidence of knowing that Jesus is holding your hand. Hmm. That helps us realize that although we're not immune to the storms, these storms will not defeat us. These storms will not control us. If we have peace, we are confident that God will do what he says he will do and that God is sovereign. Peace 
is recognizing God's presence. It's having our eyes open so that we learn more about him, so that we can lean into him, so that we can be with him and that he is certainly always with us. And just as we have peace because of God's presence, we have peace because of his protection. We have peace because of God's protection. The Bible tells us in Psalm 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. That's just what Elisha's servant saw when his eyes were opened. God lifted the veil between the earthly realm and the spiritual realm and allowed him to see an army of angels riding fiery chariots encamped around what was now kind of a wimpy, unimpressive enemy army. At first it was really scary, but now with this army of angels on their side, not so scary. As humans, we can tend to want God to protect us from all harm. And God can prevent any evil. He can prevent any disaster. But because of a fallen world and because of free will, sometimes difficulties still arise. And sometimes God's protection then comes to us from a form of peace in the middle of our despair. Now, you know, in the Old Testament, God is often compared to a strong tower or a mighty fortress. And when the Israelites took refuge in a fortress or a tower, I mean, their enemies didn't just back off and, and leave. No, there was still going to be a battle to fight. But now, from within the fortress, they had the advantage. Rather than being easy targets out in the open, they could be up in the tower, they could look down on their enemies, they could have a better vantage point, uh, a better perspective. God does the same for us. When we turn to God in times of trouble, our problems don't just go away. But we can face these problems with a sincere peace, knowing that God is our shelter. God is our strong tower. God is our protector. We're the ones that have the unfair advantage. We can have peace. We can have peace because of this. So finally, in addition to God's presence and God's protection, we can have peace because of God's providence. We have peace because of God's providence. God's providence refers to God's plans and his provision. And it's very clear in the 2 Kings 6 story that I've been talking to you about this morning. When it comes to plans, we aren't usually the ones who control the outcomes. I mean, so much of our world, so much of our lives are dictated by things outside of our control. For example, when we had the Canada Day Parade, it was raining, right? And Pastor Mark, he said, hey, you can't control the uncontrollables. Very wise, very true. 
just when you think you have life figured all out, something happens, it throws a wrench into your plans. On Friday, one week ago, I went to a funeral and a wedding in the same afternoon. In these strange times, the funeral was through Zoom and the wedding was on Facebook Live. You know, some people plan their funerals. My grandma was quite sick with cancer when I was young and uh, she knew that she was at kind of the last few days, the, the end of her life. And so she took those days to kind of plan her funeral. The gentleman whose funeral I attended on Zoom this past Friday, well, he had not done any funeral planning. He had passed away unexpectedly. He was in an airplane crash and he was not anticipating death. He had spent no time planning his funeral beforehand. The wedding, on the other hand, well, those plans had been in the making for a long time, but many of those plans had to be adjusted because of COVID restrictions and guidelines. And many of the guests actually, including both sets of the bride's grandparents, uh, some of the wedding party, best friends, aunts, uncles, cousins, they weren't able to attend. Many were Canadians who were supposed to be going across the border to Oregon to celebrate this wedding. Originally, my family, we had full intentions on going. These are our best friends and we really wanted to celebrate this moment with them. But our plans had been derailed. Even though this pandemic was not a part of my plan, God's providence is in the midst of this pandemic. God's providence is in the midst of anything, anything that you're struggling with right now. Often the reason that life doesn't seem to go according to plan is that God has other plans. And guess what? God's plans will supersede ours. I am so grateful that the one who sees it all, the one whose good and glorious providence reigns in my life. You know, I see one piece of the puzzle. He sees the entire puzzle as a completed picture. I see one thread and he sees an entire tapestry. When Elisha's servant first looked out over the landscape that morning, he couldn't see God's presence. He couldn't see his protection. He couldn't see his providence. He saw peril. He saw problems. He was petrified, panic-stricken. But like Elisha did for his servant, we need to pray. We need to pray to have our hearts opened so that we can see God's presence, God's protection, and God's provision. This will help us cling to a very special 
type of peace, the peace of God. And the peace of God will guard your hearts. Philippians 4, 7 says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So this verse exceeds anything we can understand. Or maybe if you're reading Philippians 4, 7 from a different translation, a different version, it says, transcends all understanding. God's promise gives us peace so that we're calm when it makes absolutely no human sense to be calm. We can lean more into who God is and we can respond to natural circumstances in a supernatural way with a peace that transcends all understanding. Maybe you're curious about how the story in 2 Kings chapter 6 ends. Well, Elisha prays again to the Lord. 2 Kings 6, 18, please strike these people with blindness. And by these people, he means that enemy, the, the army that was surrounding him. And again, God answered Elisha's prayer and he struck the enemy army blind. Elisha walked out confidently amongst the enemies and he convinced them that, oops, somehow you guys seem to have arrived at the wrong city. And he offered, since you're all blind, how about I lead you to, to where you really want to be? So the soldiers followed Elisha all the way to a neighboring city. And that was the city of Samaria, which in case you didn't know, is basically the kingdom of Israel. They're very enemies. He takes them right to the heart, the center of the city. And he prays again. He prays in 2 Kings 6, 20, O Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. <sighs> Can you imagine? As their vision returned, they quickly realized that they had been duped. The Syrians are now the ones who are surrounded by Samaria's army. Earlier that day, they were doing the surrounding and now they're being surrounded. And the king of Samaria, <laughs> he's gloating, he's happy. He turns to Elisha and he asks, shall I kill them all? Well, Elisha replied in 2 Kings 6, 22, of course not. Do we kill prisoners of war? Give them food and drink. Send them home again to their master. So the king did just that. He made them this great feast, actually, and then he sent them home to Aram. And the Bible says after that, the Aramean raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Such a happy ending. Peace for everyone. They lived happily ever after. Well, I just want to close today's message saying that whatever it is that might be trying to steal your peace today. Remember that nothing, absolutely nothing that you stress about can knock God off of his throne. Lean into God. 
Remember that peace is not obtained by your own accord. It's not obtained through your own strength or self-discipline or self-determination. Peace is obtained by inviting Jesus into your heart, by receiving the miracle of God in us and through us so that we can know that he is present in our lives, providentially in charge and protecting us concerning any battle that comes our way. Jesus is in your boat today. Let's pray. Lord God, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would open our eyes to see situations for what they really are. That despite how big and awful they might appear to us, those things that are surrounding us will not defeat us. They will not control us because you are surrounding those things and you are surrounding us and we can fight each and every battle knowing this very thing. God, I thank you so very much. I thank you for your presence. Thank you for being in our lives. Thank you for being in our boats. God, I thank you for your protection. And Heavenly Father, I thank you most importantly for your providence. Thank you that you have a plan and thank you that you are good and perfect and therefore this plan is good and perfect too. In your holy name, Lord Jesus, we pray these things. Amen.